It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast with me, Harry Robinson, and Jack Tate. It's Series 2, Episode 24 now as we talk straight after a comfortable 3-0 win against champions but relegation candidates Leicester City, as well as the frustration of a 0-0 draw in midweek against Hull City. United are a little bit closer to top four than last time we recorded. Now just one point off Liverpool in fifth and two points off Arsenal in fourth. So a win away from that fourth position. We also have our extensive youth and loan roundup as the under-18s beat Wolves 3-0. And Dean Henderson is recalled from his successful loan move at Grimsby Town. Um, Three beautiful goals, Jack, but it could have been more after Leicester seemed to give up half-time. Nevertheless, despite it not being completely perfect, that's a win. Um, a win that we needed and it takes us closer to the top four. Yeah, much needed win. Good performance eventually uh, once we started playing. It was it was a strange game from Leicester really. First 20 minutes, half an hour, I was actually slightly worried. They were, they were playing better than I'd seen them in a lot of this season. They had very good intensity but then I think it was the Ibrahimovic goal was a real killer. Obviously Mkhitaryan scoring not long before half time was a great way to end the half already and then uh, Ibrahimovic's goal, what was it? So a minute and 28 seconds later I think. Uh, it just kind of killed the game. And then after half-time, Leicester never got going. Yeah. Matters go early on in the second half. Ended the game as any kind of contest, really. Um, but yeah, it was a it was an okay performance. Not one of our best, I'd say. Especially in the early stages, we struggled to control the game very much. And we struggled, we struggled with our passing a lot of the time. Leicester were pressing us very well. But we eventually got there and uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan showed his class in the end. He... Uh, Looks like our most dangerous player whenever he got on the ball in the first half. Our only fluid attack ended with Rashford blazing over the bar from from I think from a cross was was really all down to Mkhitaryan's great play to start off with. He, he and credit to Mourinho for that actually because he originally started us off with a uh, what looked like a four four two and eventually moved Rashford to the left and brought Mkhitaryan in field and that really changed the game. So credit to Mourinho, um, a good win like you said, brings us closer to the top four. I think if we beat Watford, we can actually move above six for the first time in 
90 something days which would be great <laughs> yeah i think we i think we will definitely move into fifth if we beat Watford because Liverpool and Spurs play each other we'll come on to that when we when we talk about the Watford game but yeah I was about to say credit to Mourinho um he changed the formation on 20 minutes uh Mkhitaryan told Sky after the game that they've they've been training two formations to ensure that switch that switch sort of halfway through the game is both possible and very like fluid and that that's really good to see because too often this season we've been stuck in our in our original game plan but on Sunday it worked worked perfectly um and yeah, as you say, Mkhitaryan after that change, coming into the number 10 role, um, showed his true quality. Absolutely superb. Um, combined with Mata brilliantly, I saw some people calling it Mickey Mata rather than Tiki Taka. Um, creating everything for United. More, I think it was more key passes than anyone else on the pitch. But I, I think, I think everything was brilliant in terms of making chances, but that goal just showed his, his real brilliance. That's, I, I can't really remember a goal like that, a, a proper, Sort of one person counter attacking goal. We haven't seen that for a while. And we used to see it quite a lot. And yeah, it was on the counter, but even then there were still two or three defenders chasing him. And one virtually caught up with him, but he used his body, which is, is quite a slender body. And he used his body perfectly to create, create the space for, for his right foot. And then because he had that space, he could score. And the commentators on the stream that I was watching made a good point about that run as well that if he'd have kind of just gone straight, straight towards the goal, Wes Morgan would have easily caught up with him because he would have had less distance to run. But by him actually going, taking himself a little bit wider, it meant that Morgan was never able to get there. And even though it made the angle slightly worse, didn't take himself too wide so that he couldn't he couldn't bring the shot back. It was very smart play actually by Mkhitaryan. Yeah, well, w- wonderful goal, wonderful player, and he's he's really showing why twenty six million is a bargain at the moment. Really happy to see him play well as well. Um, and uh, every time I see him interviewed, and he's getting interviewed a lot recently because he's been man of the match quite quite a lot. He's such an intelligent speaker. So I was saying this to Simon Peach on the podcast last week. If you haven't listened to that, do it's quite interesting. Um, I'll put that in the description. But it's just he he's so nice to watch. And that, I, I saw someone say on Twitter that that goal sort of emulated Ryan Giggs, if you like. And I think, yeah, it's, it, it was important that he ran to the right, as you said. Because um, centrally, Morgan would have would have definitely got him and almost did. The second goal, as you say, eighty eight seconds after Mkhitaryan's out of <laughs> of nothing, to be honest. Um, Fifteen Premier League goals for Zlatan Ibrahimovic before uh, was sort of halfway through February, not even halfway through, just at the start of February. Astonishing in two ways, really. One that he's done this while he's thirty five. I think he's the oldest to get to fifteen Premier League goals. And secondly, that he's missed so many chances and he's still scored fifteen and twenty in all competitions. I mean, for for both of those reasons, it is really remarkable what he's done already at United. One hundred percent. I'm I'm still very surprised how well he's done. I I always thought Ibrahimovic would score goals because that's what he brings. But I think in the last couple of years at PSG, although he was scoring goals for fun, his general play maybe wasn't as great. And I thought that would have more of a more of an impact on his goal scoring ability in the Premier League. But I've been proved completely wrong. His general play is as good as I've ever seen it in his career. And the goal, the goal scores speak for themselves. And as you said, the amount of chances he's actually missed is astonishing as well. And it, it makes you wonder how many goals he could have scored by now in the season. He could easily be on probably close to 30 goals, honestly. Because um, there's been a number of chances that he's, he's not taken this season. But it's good to have someone up front who you feel like you can rely on, even if maybe... You can't always, but 
um, some of his general play is very good. He links up with the with the midfield very well, and it was a nicely taken goal today. I think he just adds he, he adds a bit of a fear factor, I think, as well because he is Latan Ibrahimovic, and everyone every defender knows what what that entails. And so I think by having his name in, in the in the team, it does add a little bit of a kind of fear factor to our front line, which we've been missing for for a long time. He goes, down, he goes down for me as one of the best signings we've made in a long time. For on a free transfer for twenty goals in just over half a season at thirty-five years of age, it's an absolute bargain and one of the best signings that we've ever made. It's quite hard to realise that it was like he's free, and yeah, yeah, obviously his wages are a lot, but um, to to get a player of that quality for free is astonishing. Really, um, you talk about bargains in the way people are talking about best signing of the summer. And if you're talking about value as well as just best performances, then Zlatan's got to be probably the top one there, being free um, and being so vital for us. But it, it doesn't mean that he gets off completely scot-free because he did miss quite a few chances even then. But hopefully this goal can can put him on another of those good runs where he gets 10 goals in nine games as he did early in the season. It, it's a weird game, isn't it? Because we won 3-0, but it's still not that... It's not. It wasn't perfect. As I said earlier, it wasn't like we we could have done more on on Chris Smalling. To be fair to him, he had a good game, and I've criticised him quite a lot recently, so I have to accept that. But then again, it was against a a fruitless Leicester City side whose attack is is numb at the moment. Um, moving on to Anthony Martial, it's it's weird. Ashley Young on for Marcus Rashford late on in the game. What do you think of that over Martial, who was on the bench? Yeah, obviously, slightly slightly worrying to see Martial not being brought on. I really, I I'm starting to get slightly concerned. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't really give much merit to the Martial rumors in the last week or two, but seeing Mourinho choose Young and then Fellaini to bring on over him was not really not not a good sign. I'd say it was. It almost looked a bit like rubbing salt in the wounds. I I really hope that it is just something the media has made up and not anything to look into. Um, the one. The one thing that I am holding on to is look at what was going on with Mkhitaryan at the start of the season and look where he is now. It obviously is, it clearly is possible for for players to get back in Mourinho's plans and I hope that Martial manages to do that because he is such a big talent and if we were to sell him it would be such a waste. Yeah, yeah, I agree on that. I, I didn't really give much to the to the initial rumours but this see, this was slightly concerning. I, I did see a fair point on Twitter after the game that we can't moan about how soft uh, the United team is and has been over the last four seasons since Fergie has gone and then complain when Mourinho tries to fix that by being a little harsh on his players. And it is right that people always focusing on Martial rather than the team is wrong. And the fact that... And I, I think it's right that we've had this Martial discussion after praising other players because he's not the... He, he he isn't our main player and he shouldn't be the only focus. The focus should be that we had quite a good performance today. So the constant focus on Martial is annoying at times, but I do think it would be a massive shame if he were to go. But then again, Mourinho probably has enjoyed seeing the the effect of, of doing this to a player, the effect it has had on Mkhitaryan and how brilliant he has been since. And it's it's up to Martial to prove him wrong, or not even prove him wrong. Maybe prove him right that this is the way to go. Do both. Prove him wrong that he's that he's good enough, 
And the same goes for Luke Shaw, who I think is is even more mystifying because Martial, obviously, you've got you've got Mkhitaryan, Rashford, um, Lingard, Mata. You've got so many players who can go ahead of Martial, but when you look at Luke Shaw's situation, Marcus Rojo is not a good left back. He's he's been extremely good at centre back, and I thought he had another good game despite being taken off. Um, for Daily Blind. And Daily Blind's not good enough left back. Rojo's not good enough left back. Matteo Darmian's not good enough left back. So the, the Luke Shaw situation seems even more mystifying to me. Um, and I really hope that both Shaw and Martial show the fight that's going to be needed to to make sure Mourinho is forced to play them in the team. Because it seems like it is an attitude issue rather than simply a quality issue. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm more concerned about the Luke Shaw situation than, than Martial at the moment. Yeah, the Luke Shaw one is is strange. It's kind of gone under the radar. Nothing's really been said about it, I guess, because it's been overshadowed recently by the Martial stuff. But yeah, I'm 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 worried about that because even when Luke Shaw was playing pretty well at the start of the season, he still Mourinho seemed to rotate that position more than others for not not really too much reason. Like you said, there's not, in my opinion, a, a comparable replacement there. It, whoever you play at left back over Luke Shaw is going to be a step down. So. There's, there is a lot less of justification for dropping Luke Shaw over dropping Martial. Um, but for some reason, the Martial story has just gained so much more traction. There's not much really been said about Luke Shaw. Um, I mean, Mourinho maybe is worried about his injury problems, but while he is fit, I don't see why he shouldn't be playing. And I am slightly worried that he's not even... It seems, seems to be in the reckoning for uh, a starting position at the moment. So... Hopefully we can get both of them to those two firing again because those two down the left side are a great combination and it would be great to see them both back in the first team fold very very soon. Yeah, and particularly as a pairing because Shaw and Martial together has shown the because obviously Shaw and Memphis was extremely exciting and so perhaps that's not a good omen. But Shaw and Martial at times last season and this season in in very small glimpses this season have been really entertaining together and effective together um so yeah we're with i i'm sort of looking out for Shaw more than i am for martial because partly because i find the martial obsession a bit boring at the moment moving on to the whole game uh you didn't see it because you were in maine on holiday but i mean you can be quite happy about that i'm sure i'm sure everyone would agree on that um another another nil nil draw for united against another against more weak opposition it was i was saying before we started recording that it was more frustrating because we were worse than than the games like burnley and and stoke but it was less frustrating because we weren't as good um because we didn't have so many chances we didn't miss as many chances it was less frustrating but actually it's more frustrating because we were less good it it's sort of it verified the theory that I've had that we haven't actually made that much progress since um, since October, November, because it was a very similar performance to that against Burnley, against Stoke early in the season, against Arsenal early in the season. And there were so many simple opportunities missed. Pogba uh, missed a great one when he was he was through through on the goalkeeper in the box. Mata missed a brilliant one. Blind Ibrahimovic, they were four good chances. Which isn't as many as other games, but it was a clear a clear chance to pick up three points and capitalise on other teams, um, on our rivals for top four's mistakes. Um, which makes it all the more pleasing that we've managed to win against Leicester when our rivals have dropped points again, because finally we haven't bottled it 
when it's come down to that. And we have another chance against Watford, as we'll we'll talk about later when Liverpool play Spurs. You didn't see it, but based on what you've seen, just generally, do you feel like we've made that much progress since that that awful period? Um, I think as a whole, yes, but I definitely think we have we definitely have the um the potential to kind of slip back to that that kind of way, I guess, um, for the want of a better word. We we definitely have made progress in that. A, I think we're far more we're far more close to finding the right uh, starting eleven. I think back in November we were making four or five changes at every single game, whereas now I think our especially the midfield is a lot more settled. Um, we have a, a much better understanding of who is likely to be playing every game, and our, our general play has definitely improved. I mean, the the unbeaten run in the Premier League shows that, but. We we still do have a tendency sometimes to revert back to that that way of playing and that ineffective way of playing. I think so. Hopefully, we don't revert back to that anymore. The whole game was made all the more frustrating because of the results that had gone before it with, for the teams around us. No, not a single one of the top four had won in midweek, and we had a chance to really close the gap, and we didn't manage to do it. We did do it today against Leicester, but. If we didn't manage to do it against Hull, we'd, we'd, we'd be another two points closer. So I think we de- we have made progress, but there's still a long way to go. And we still need to become a lot more consistent with our finishing and become more ruthless as a team. Yeah, it's just it's all these draws that are frustrating. And as you say, the fact that we can slip so easily back into this the, these errors. Um, and I, I, it's easy to blame Mourinho. And he he does have to take some of the blame because we've been far too slow. And today, or on Sunday, if you're listening to this after, he managed to make that change mid-game and it worked. But in so many of those draws, he hasn't. And it, and therefore, we've drawn. So hopefully we learn lessons from both the mistakes in the whole game and the successes in the Leicester game. Um, but, but on another level, what can Mourinho do differently? Because so many... So many chances have been missed. It's it's finishing that is our biggest issue, and I guess that's a positive compared to last season when we couldn't make chances. But it is it is extremely frustrating. And after that whole game, it was Mourinho and Itor Karanka at Middlesbrough had drawn the most games in the Premier League with nine each. Um, I don't know if that's changed now after after this weekend. But uh, another stat that was that was. Very frustrating. 18 of the 22 games that Burnley and Hull together have played away from home this season, they've lost. So two two out of the four that they didn't came at Old Trafford, which is, um, I think that shows how bad, because Burnley's away form is, is appalling and was in the first season that they were in the Premier League as well. So I think that shows how bad it was. But yeah, that, that whole game, in terms of the context it was in, the context of the results that came before on the Tuesday with Arsenal losing to Watford and uh, Liverpool losing to, who was it? I can't remember. But Liverpool losing as well and Spurs, I think they drew. I think that game was one of the worst we've seen since Fergie. Not not just, not in terms of the performance, because that was better than a lot that we had under Van Gaal and Moyes, but in terms of the the mistakes that we made and how it could have impacted our season. Just a final thought before we have our, our youth roundup. I thought after that game that uh, Zlatan should have should have been rested for, for that game because he looked very 
jaded in that game. It's not that he can't play two or three games a week. It's that his impact is lessened in every game if he plays so many games. So he can do it, but I don't think he should. Anyway, time for our youth roundup. Uh, another week, another win for United's under-18 side, putting three past Wolves at Carrington on Saturday morning, having scored five away from home earlier in the season. Angel Gomez started the scoring, assisted by Leo Connor with a wonderful curler. Um, Josh Bohui tapped in for the second from close range after great work by Zach Durnley, who scored the third. A fantastic volley after Callum Whelan's shot was saved. It means United's under-18s are unbeaten in 13 league games and are brilliant to watch at the moment. The talented Tahith Chong, though, has a knee injury that will rule him out for the rest of the season. He confirmed on Saturday, but he said he's looking forward to coming back stronger. The under-23s played Derby County on Monday evening. That'll be live on MUTV if you're listening on Monday, so watch out for that. And United's under-15 side won a little tournament on Sunday at Carrington, winning on penalties in the final against Tottenham Hotspur. The tournament had United, Aston Villa, Spurs, Chelsea and Birmingham. Uh, we beat Chelsea twice, 4-1 and 5-0. It's a good to see United's under-15s winning a, a little tournament. Not a, not a major thing, but nice to see them winning that against some of the country's best youth sides. In low news, Dean Henderson was recalled by United after an injury to Joel Pereira, who himself was recently recalled from his loan in Portugal to allow Sam Johnston to leave on low. A bit confusing situation there, but Pereira is expected to be out for two months. A shame for him after he made his Man United debut in the FA Cup against Reading. And Henderson is now United's third choice goalkeeper. Um, he had a great spell with Grimsby after Marcus Bignot became manager, making his debut with a clean sheet on Boxing Day and then starting seven consecutive games and making four clean sheets. Joe Riley is still waiting for his Sheffield United debut after he spent a third consecutive game as an unused substitute. And it was a good weekend for Adnan Yanazai, who assisted twice for Sunderland in their 4-0 win against Crystal Palace. It's been suggested that Cameron Borthwick-Jackson has returned to United from Wolves, but that's not confirmed and many are doubting the validity of that. So we'll see if that is confirmed in the next couple of weeks. If he hasn't, it's a, it's a wasted season for Borthwick-Jackson, who hasn't played since November for Wolves. James Wilson has definitely returned to United from Derby County, though, after undergoing surgery on a knee injury a few months ago. So it's assumed that he'll be out for the rest of the season, hence his recall by United. Now then, no midweek match for United this week as we face Watford on Saturday in the the three pm kickoff. A rarity for United these days. Um, as as we've mentioned, Liverpool Spurs later on on Saturday. Uh, that's the five thirty kickoff. Another good chance for United to move into the top four. I think if we win, as you said earlier, we we definitely go into fifth because Liverpool and Spurs, one of them will lose or. They'll both draw. Uh, Arsenal play Hull earlier on that day in the, the early kickoff, the 12.30 kickoff, who we drew to and Liverpool lost to. So hopefully another eps up there. And City don't play until Monday. So all in all, a great chance in, in every way to either overtake our rivals or put pressure on our rivals, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. We, it's a must win, I think, against Watford. Um, just <laughs> in some ways to get the monkey off our back and being uh, United still in six, you know? Um, we just want to get get away from that, I think. And if we can put some pressure on the others, that that would be great. I think uh, Liverpool and Tottenham play this weekend, um, and then I think Liverpool's home game after that is against Arsenal as well. So there's going to be some some other sides dropping points, and we just need to keep on winning at the moment. That's all we can do, and hope the others slip up around us. The Watford game won't be easy. Watford never seemed to present an easy task, but hopefully we can. We can keep playing the way, uh, way we have been, and 
I hope I hope Martial gets some minutes at some point during the game. Um, I I doubt he'll start, but hopefully he will at least get some minutes because that really would be a spanner in the works. Um, because every every win we seem to get at the moment is kind of shrouded with some with something else, and at the moment it's the Martial controversy. So hopefully he gets some minutes. It'd be nice to see another comfortable victory um, and put some pressure on our rivals. Weirdly, I feel like Martial might start. Like, as in, Mourinho has sort of occasionally just pulled something out of the bag. That's, I think he may have got his message. to If Martial has taken the message on board that Ashley Young is coming on instead of him, then Mourinho may feel, if Martial responds to that in training and, and looks good, I feel like... Mourinho could could see that and decide that he's going to give him the chance. But I think it is it's definitely dependent on Martial performing in training and and having the right attitude in training. I'd like to see him start. But yeah, we we should be winning this easily at Old Trafford, but we said that about a lot of games this season, particularly against against the smaller teams like Burnley, Hull, Stoke, Liverpool, Arsenal. Well, we should definitely be winning this easily. Any anything more before we end what has been a a slightly short episode, mainly because the Leicester game, despite us scoring three goals, was relatively uneventful. No, I don't think so. It's also, also short because we don't have a midweek game for once, which uh, doesn't seem to happen very often around this period of the season. Yeah, that's very true. Um, we do have a midweek game next week, though. So we've got Saturday is the Watford game, 3pm kickoff, and then the Thursday after that is St Etienne. Uh, it's the first legs away, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just quickly on that, actually, I'll be interested to see what how we approach the Europa League because uh, I I I think we we spoke about this a number of episodes ago. But if if our league form takes a turn for the worst for whatever reason, we may have to start prioritizing the Europa League a bit more than we want because that may end up may end up representing our best chance to get into the Champions League next season. Um, so I'll be interested to see what kind of team we put out. I doubt we'll put out our strongest team yet. But if we beat San Etienne and possibly get through the next round as well, takes into the quarterfinals of the Europa League, at that kind of stage, I'd be interested to see how seriously we start to take it. Yeah, that's very true. Because um, although it's a slim chance and you have to win one game eventually in the final to to get that Champions League spot, it is it could end up being a, an easier prospect than than top four. But the the next few weeks are vital for United. Um, with Liverpool Spurs, Liverpool Arsenal, I'm not sure. I think City have got a relatively easy run. So the top four is going to change quite significantly in the next in the next few weeks if United do our job. Um, that is all we have time for on Series 2, Episode 24 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Remember to check us out on www.manchesterunitedweeklypodcast.com. You can find this episode at that address and then just a slash S2E24. And follow us on Twitter at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P O D. Keep subscribing and reviewing on iTunes. That's a that's a big help and nice. Um, you can find Jack on Twitter at at UTD Tate T A I T, and you can find me on Twitter at at Harry Robinson sixty four. Have a good week. Goodbye.
Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.